0: Hey Distillers, you're going to hear me say it at some point during the episode as well, but uh, because this is a newer movie, uh, spoilers, 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 there's a lot of spoilers in this episode, so uh, if you've not seen A Quiet Place, do not listen any further if you don't want to hear spoilers. Uh, all right, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're storing memories to lose them again. You'll forget everything when this whole thing
1: Hello, and welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Vernieri. And I'm John Deck. And each week, we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies.
0: And this week... If you couldn't hear anything, that's because I was signing, because we're watching A Quiet Place from 2018, directed by John Krasinski. This is part three of three of our Modern Classics series, uh, where we just jump in and take a look at some of the more recent movies and see if they have what it takes to be the classics of
1: tomorrow. Uh, John, this is another one that I have not seen. How about you? I have seen it and that's why I thought it would be a great suggestion to take a look at. Um, I feel that this movie is, I mean, it's, it would kind of be classified in the horror genre, perhaps suspense thriller somewhere in that, in that area. And I feel For this movie i'll just say the name of the game is just execution uh it's not like anyone it's not like this is a story that hasn't been told in different variations over the eons Uh, but there's just something about the way it was done i just absolutely loved it um and so when it comes to this entire genre i i enjoy it when movies do something either different or extremely well Um, and this is a little bit of both and so i thought you know this could be a, a fun one to to really to watch i haven't watched it since the, f- the first time i've seen it and uh to rewatch now and just think could this could this be like a, a classic movie you know the sequel's coming out assuming production happens and, and all that goes on i don't know when the exact timeline is but there's a sequel in the works i should say uh but I'm not going to hold that against it, or be excited about it. I'm just going to treat this for just what it is.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, that sequel is slated for September the fourth, so we have that to look forward to, provided that it uh, you know stays on track for that. Uh, everyone who I've talked to about this movie has had nothing but good thing, good things to say about it, so I'm I'm excited in that regard um it's not really a meme like bird box which is nice bird box being in sort of the same vein i think uh another one that i haven't seen uh but yeah i mean i'm I'm excited to to jump in and watch it it's one that i've been meaning to watch for a really long time and i just never really got around to it uh so this i think is going to be a good time uh anything that you think i should know before uh we go into it like uh you know, something to to watch out for or something to to
1: sort of think about watch out as, for that jump as, scare as... oh oh god oh no, god um i'd say if you had the means maybe the perfect way to watch this would be middle of the night 100 percent dark totally by yourself with really great sound um like i i i'm not gonna shill out any sponsorship uh calls to headphones or things like that. I just happen to have a pair of really, really good, uh, noise canceling headphones. And, and so I'm looking forward to watching this, you know, with just, uh, enough, no other sensory inputs, nothing but the pure, you know, the sound, what the little there is. Cause you get, you can get like really enveloped in the lack of sound in a very good way. Um, so to minimize, outside interference of other noises as best you can that would be my recommendation
0: see and i think that part is going to be disorienting for me because my hearing is so bad that i uh, (laughs) i'm not going to know if it's just like the movie being quiet or me just not hearing normally which is going to
1: be maybe it'll be even uh, better then
0: that maybe it will like maybe that'll intensify the uh the experience Uh, But I think we should go and find out one way or the other. Uh, John and I are going to pause here. We're going to go watch A Quiet Place. It's currently streaming on Amazon Prime Video as well as Hulu. So if you have either of those streaming services, you can get it there. Otherwise, grab it on one of the digital uh, rental platforms or from your personal streaming library. And when we come back, we are talking A Quiet Place. John, are you
1: ready? i'd have to be from some sort of alternate dimension not to be ready then let's do it welcome back everyone we're uh, we just got done launching are you are you is there a problem i are you recording i can't hear you
0: i'm 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 recording i'm trying to be quiet that, <laughs> shit, shit, the fucking thing is coming that, We just got done watching A Quiet Place That shit was fucking intense That is something that we need to talk about
1: Lots of stuff <laughs> uh, y- <laughs> Yes I mean, specifically um, I know quite often you'll jump in and just be like What do you think, John? Or whatever, but I gotta preempt that And ask the one of us who has not seen it before What that experience was like um, did you get to watch it under ideal circumstances, first of all?
0: Not, not entirely ideal, but I did my best. I mm-hmm. was able to get the lights pretty low, and I was in a, <laughs> for lack of a better term, quiet place. Uh, I, I had the, the room to myself and no real distractions, so I had the full benefit of uh, the, the viewing experience. I uh, got the volume cranked up nice and high on the okay. TV. So, Second
1: question did yes. you have, did you have nightmares afterward?
0: I didn't, but I don't tend to anyway. So all right no this uh, the, the, this this whole movie I think uh, I, I can see it being nightmare inducing. I can see it playing on very specific fears that people have, uh, particularly oddly enough, we're doing this in in a day and age of sort of isolation becoming a regular thing. But the idea of isolation and silence and uh, having to sort of meter your your movements and your uh, your your actions and things like that. It's uh, I, I can see how it's very intense for a number of uh, different viewers. So this is. Uh, yeah, this is such a good movie. I was not expecting it to be this good or this enjoyable.
1: You have, you have zero faith in me.
0: No, not at all. That's not that. That's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is I, 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 especially since we started doing this podcast, I try to go into movies as sort of a blank slate, and I was able to properly do that with this movie. You know, the only that the most that I had even remembered about it was the trailer and like the littlest kid with the space shuttle and it makes noise and John Krasinski is running through the the bridge trying to get to the kid. And that's as much as I remembered. Yep. Uh, I, I, I didn't have much other frame of reference aside from that and the, the, the sort of bits and pieces that I'd picked up from people who had seen it. So uh, I think probably the best place to start is the beginning here. So real early on this movie does a fantastic job of sort of world building and establishing what reality is for the characters in the film and and I like that a lot like it it, it doesn't leave anything sort of to it, it doesn't leave anything to the imagination like you know right up front this is what this is, this is what is happening in this movie, and this is what they're fighting against.
1: Yeah, you you really get immersed immediately into the world, and it takes a little while to flesh out just a bit of... I mean, it doesn't take that long <laughs> to see how serious things are. But if you came into this with no clue at all about the plot, if you didn't even know there were monsters or creatures or anything like that, then, you know, you might have been a little on edge wondering what's going on and then of course the the scene by the bridge you you are fully immersed and and then we instantly get a jump cut to like over a year later um but yeah like that that initial you know going through the the town by themselves and just how you know the, the little trail of sand laid out to cushion the footfalls and like the the fact in in the beginning I think the first time I saw it, I wasn't 100% sure, like, did they learn sign language to, you know, for a reason or, I mean, obviously later uh, having the daughter who, you know, can't hear and like that could be more or less whether they fully knew or maybe one or the other knew and they all kind of learned more as it went on. But it seems like that really kind of set the path for preparing them for surviving and being able to communicate when they can't speak. Well, so
0: the daughter is the oldest, right? So yeah. everyone in the family, I think, is learning sign language before this kicks off. Because uh, when we jump in, when that first scene happens, when they're in the pharmacy or whatever, that's like 90 days in or 89 days, I think it said, yeah, into okay. whatever is happening. So they're established as a family with a hearing-impaired daughter, so everyone knows sign language. So that's the first thing. The second thing... Um, is that they, they sort of punctuate that, that impairment by every establishing shot on her. Regan, I think her name is. Uh, every establishing shot on her is silent or has the the, the the sounds that she's, what little bit of sound that she's getting from her hearing device that doesn't really work for her. You know, whether it's a thud or a brush or whatever it is.
1: So Yeah, that's that's a really, they do a, a cool tactic with that where you think things are quiet and then they like swivel to her point of view. And then they're 100% every, you know, the sound of wind, the sound of, you know, the everything is gone to help, yeah. you know, bring you even further in. And of course that pays off later when there are things going on right behind her and she doesn't know it kind of a the thing, but like that. That kind of establishment to let you know it's not like she can hear a little bit, but not much. Even with you know, the the hearing aid like that is ba- basically doing nothing or close to nothing.
0: Yeah, and and like even the the conflict that she has with her dad, John Krasinski in the movie, like it doesn't work. It never worked. It's not going to work now. And stop and and like that that whole th- really just hitting that home. I think was was a really nice touch. One thing I didn't see coming was the thing from the trailer uh, that that I talked about just a few minutes ago. Uh, the shot on the bridge where John Krasinski is running and trying to get to his kid before this this creature does. In the trailer, it cuts away. Like we don't yeah. see what happens at the end of that shot in. The oh, spoiler, 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 spoiler. There's a spoiler here. There's a spoiler spoil throughout the everything. entire movie. The entire movie yeah. is going to be spoiled. <laughs> uh, I cannot stress spoilers enough. In in the actual movie, we get to obviously see what happens, and their youngest child is is taken from them because of a toy, and that in down the line in the movie it it becomes sort of a a, a story point, but like right from the kick go i did not see that youngest child getting offed. like that's a that that's not a thing that you even really see in movies is like yeah it is offing a kid and that's deep and dark and at the same time it's real and it's gritty and it it th- at that point it sucked me and i stopped taking notes because i became so immersed in the story of this movie i had to actually go back and do notes later which is not a common thing for me i'm usually taking notes throughout the movie
1: yeah uh, that that the level of tension the level of intrigue the level of suspense that you get in the very beginning never lets up and mm-hmm. i've i watched the movie before i enjoyed it before i knew what was coming i didn't forget anything and yet I was just on the edge of my seat for 90 minutes, you know, like uh, the tension, the, you know, the way it was just sculpted, it's just palpable. And it was a lot of f- fun to experience that. But like, it was also very much like watching this and then trying to imagine myself in this position. And, and it, first of all, just being like, well, here's another reason I'm glad I don't have kids because <laughs> trying to. <laughs> Not only keeping, you know, your kids safe, but the idea of trying to keep kids from the age of birth to adult quiet is like, impossible. I can imagine. It's, yeah, between I, I, like... I
0: am a parent. I only have one <laughs> child and I can tell you it's fucking impossible to keep your kid quiet for any substantial period of time. It's they're, they're, whether they're an infant and they're constantly screaming and crying because they're either want to eat or they want to sleep or they shit themselves. Or if they're, you know, a, a toddler or, or like a like a pre kindergarten age kid and they have questions about everything and what's this and what's that and why, 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 why. Then when they're when they're older, when they're teenagers, they constantly want to talk about TikToks and Fortnites. Like everything is everything is noise, everything is sensory input with the kids, and it's there's not a moment in a child's life when they are just silent and contemplative like adults can be. And that's fine. Like in, in the real world, in, in the not a quiet place world, that's fine. And that's, that's how it should be. And they should be wanting to sort of absorb and learn and, and take
1: in everything. Well, but I mean, maybe, maybe it'd be better if they were all just quiet always.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but, for but we'll never know. For some, but they are what they are, and and that's just what kids are. And and this world that a quiet place sort of paints for us doesn't change that. And we learn so, that so you know, sort of down the line, I and mean, early on too, with this, you know, with the kid with the the space shuttle, but also down the line with the the birth of the new child so
1: what do you think overall about the world that they're in and the steps in preparation and what they do to deal with it like just what do you think both like of how they handled it and like what their life was like versus maybe how you imagine you might handle things like i'm just kind of curious what your take on that is
0: well so there's there's a lot going on here right because i mean after that sort of initial five or ten minutes, we get to see the world that this family is is living in and and how they've adapted to their situation. Uh, the the steps that they take to mitigate sound and to uh, to to prevent, being detected by these creatures who we learn have no eyesight. They only, the, the only real way that they have to find their prey, which is us is through sound. So they, they, they hunt in that way. So we have to, as, as a species adapt to that. And this family does it really well. And I think that they're at an advantage uh, because they don't have to speak. And that's sort of a key tenet to the human condition is like we communicate through speech except for people who don't. People who don't have to communicate through speech because they have a hearing impairment, they communicate through sign language, at least most of them do. So they have that advantage in and of itself. The The other thing that we we get to see is... Uh, John Krasinski's character with his sort of command center where he's trying to, you know, use the radio to reach out to others through Morse code. Uh, we get to see sort of what he's learned over the course of the 400 plus days that they've been dealing with this. Things like the armor on their skin and the fact that they don't have eyesight and the fact that they hunt exclusively through sound and, and things like that. So. I, I think that the things that we see through throughout that, that sort of next phase, we call it Act 1.5, is as realistic as you can expect it to be for a movie like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to tear apart details and, and look to poke holes too much because overall I feel that's not the point. Um, right. The, 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 that's not the journey this is not a scientific recreation you know this is like this is fiction Um, I did this time through because uh, you know not being uh, 100% as captivated and wanting to learn and hear and see every new thing that happened I was looking for more details and thinking a bit more and a part there's just I think the one part that like well there are two things that threw me just a bit in terms of the technicalities of the idea behind it one being this idea, like when they go out to the waterfall. Okay, th- um, so
0: we, we, yes, we could definitely talk about that because that had to take a little bit of umbrage with. But go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, like I, I feel like on one level, the the trip out to the waterfall, I understand what it's symbolic of, and it's this idea of his dad trying to give back, you know, just a moment of taking away the fear, just like just just giving him a sense of. Of place in that moment and having a barbaric yawp you know out into the (laughs) the waters and stuff like that but to me i'm not even going to talk about whether that's reckless and how are you 100% sure you know what what can hear or not hear but to me that just brings me back to this idea that you know let's just say 99.9% of the humans in this town and nearby are are all dead or left okay um, we only see what one other person
0: well more more or less, like we see sort of a fresh body, we see the husband of that fresh body, but we also see in another shot when they're up on top of the oh yeah, with the water tower, we see like the the lights from
1: other farms or whatever so so even if we discount noises other people might be making, um there's a lot of just nature noises that happen, trees, you know crackling water running raccoons scurrying about and i just wonder and as i'm saying this maybe there's like some sort of distinct noise that these creatures associate with humans that they can filter out from these other noises because according to his notes if john krasinski's character is correct there's probably around three of these things in their general area at least that have been observed But it's like, but they're sometimes they seem relatively far away. Like they're, you know, they might be a couple miles away or they might just be a couple, you know, a hundred yards away. And like, depending upon noises they make and how quickly something reacts, it just makes me think, how do these things cover so much ground? If every time like a tree branch snaps, they go running to investigate it. Um, But maybe, like I was saying, I can answer my own question. Maybe it's just, like, noise that stands out, that they, like, filter out. That's not normal. It's not just any noise, period. It's noise that, like, stands out or is different than the everyday nature noises they hear.
0: Well, so that's something that I thought about with this movie, too. And one of the explanations I was sort of able to rationalize was we're seeing this and even if it's just 90 days in we're seeing this after the initial onset of whatever it was that showed up so we're we're seeing sort of a post-interaction type of thing now assuming this is aliens which i think it is uh and and we could talk about that too um they've had time now to because they're a, a species that exclusively operates on sound and, and uh, assume uh, presumably they have like some sort of echolocation or or whatever they are able to deduce what the sound of a babbling brook is versus what the sound of a tree branch snapping is versus what the sound of a person running or screaming or, or a creature running or screaming because we do see them uh, take out a raccoon at one point. So they they are able yeah. to, to deduce sort of what animal life is versus what plant life or or, or sort of the, the general nature sounds like.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Now that I think about it, it kind of reminds me of when I was a kid and I would, was trying to figure out how spider webs worked because... You know I wanted to see the little spider run out And stuff and so like I would throw a tiny little Twig into the spider web And like nothing And I'd throw a little leaf and, and it was you know the wind was blowing it's moving that leaf Around it's like mimicking movement And like nothing But then you get a little ant or a cricket or something Throw it in the web and then instantly the spider runs out and attacks it And so it's like that the The creature Being familiar with it's habitat and it's hunting Grounds knows how to differentiate Prey from other white noise
0: yeah and and i think that that's what we're sort of dealing with here the the creatures themselves for me and i don't know if you you felt this way too looking at them the very brief glimpses that we got at these creatures uh were very reminiscent of hr geiger and like what we saw in alien to me at least like the the way that the teeth were sort of put together and the way that the, the heads moved and and all that stuff
1: yeah, it's it's hard to I mean, it's clear that they wanted to have an original take and have the entire anatomy of of the head, you know, kind of transform into an an, an echo dish or something that like helps it to resonate. And, you know, all that good stuff like and, and the opening and of, you know, seeing the ear drum and canal or whatever that was that we saw, you know, pulsating I was trying to like, which was super cool, by things. the way. It was, yeah, it was a very cool effect. So like on that level. I give them points for, you know, letting design lead the way in creativity. And if they're like, if you're going to have the conceit that this is all about these monsters with, you know, phenomenal hearing. And, you know, if you sigh too loudly, they'll kill you. Like, like, you have to be able, like, you don't have to, but it really helps sell it when you show us the monster. And it just doesn't look like, you know, it doesn't look like an alligator. You know, it's like there's some <laughs> aspect to it that it's like, oh. Well, clearly, they move really, really, really fast. And they're built for moving quickly. And they they just go on such raw instinct connected to these amplified ways of listening. So it's like on that side, creature design and give them full marks. And and in terms of the effects and all, it's very realistic. They did a really good job there with a the limited budget. Um, but I think in terms of the overall creativity and design it wasn't super inspiring that's for sure um and like you said it it is reminiscent a bit of geiger and uh of that overall like and that's why it's easy to say yeah it feels like these are probably aliens of some sort because that whole exoskeleton framework the kind of gooey hard shell kind of you know that (laughs) that look has been done before a whole lot which and uh, these are
0: Sorry, and actually if I if I had to sort of equate it to a second thing it would be like Geiger and the uh the bugs from uh, uh
1: Starship Troopers. Sure, sure. Um yeah, and so it it definitely doesn't feel like, ooh, I've never quite seen something like this before, but hey, I mean if you want to stay in that world of imagination and you want, you know, you want something that's cool and relatable, it's hard to create like uh, a monster that's part gaseous cloud part crystals you know it's like <laughs> or why well, they did it in the quiet fog. place too <laughs> well no and that's an exception and uh, you know so that and again there's something cool about building that out but then there's something that you know people especially filmmakers you know believe that the audience craves when it comes to this kind of tension is to have, you know even if you show it sparingly which they did in this movie which again i highly approve of um and whether that's you know because of budget or because that's what john his whole the whole point of what he's doing either way whatever it works out great in that in that manner so yeah, yeah i mean it was executed well in terms of the monsters it was believable but it wasn't incredibly fresh or amazing
0: yeah but at, at the same time like and uh, I I didn't mean to imply this if I did. The the concept is is still very cool. And like yeah, the the creatures themselves are cool and the fact that they are not this nigh impossible thing to destroy or to defeat is great. It has a weakness and that's an important thing to have in an antagonist in a, a, a story it, it's it's one of the things that this movie does really well another thing is sort of layering the the dimensions of this film because you, you so often in a horror film like you have one dimension or, or maybe even two dimensions of sort of story and and storytelling and this movie doesn't rely on that sort of simplicity it really thrives on a number of different factors, things that you know, we talked about earlier: strategy, and and kind of trying to to outthink the problem that they're experiencing. Uh, things like uh, dealing with with the overwhelming fear that they're that they're going through, with you know the the constant having to be silent and what happens if i make a noise and like the when they're playing monopoly and they knock over the lantern or when uh emily blunt's character like steps on the nail and makes a lot of noise and then all of a sudden this thing shows up like the the fear and the the terror and the intensity that comes from that
1: the but by the way by the way um her stepping on nail is the worst part of this whole movie
0: (laughs) oh god yes like i felt that like it was bad it was so so bad
1: (laughs) like i i can handle i can handle a a creature from outer space slicing a child out of you know just grabbing (laughs) it and and, and, like the murder of a four-year-old i'm like yeah no big deal but, like, someone stepping on a nail and clearly being fine afterwards, more or less, like, oh, that man. was just so hard to even like, look at. And and it really is the way she fights through both that and being in labor, like, just Superwoman, you know, who, like, the fact that she, she makes some noise but muffles almost all of it is just amazing. And they do so much in, in this movie that the decisions that were made to really portray emotion and fear and and love and like purpose and all these different things going on with facial expressions Mm -hmm. and not not with you know there's one or two minor exceptions with some some music that's included but like but even that is so punctuated that it like has a special place when they share the you know the headphones and just listen to a little music together it's very intimate and and like but that idea of having a full length movie with what maybe like 17 18 lines of dialogue and it's just like so captivating to me to the idea of limiting yourself in storytelling in that way um and and how well it was done i i i just kind of loved that whole conceit and how how that happened
0: no yeah i mean this movie it 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 portrays a depth that most movies with full, you know, full hour and a half long dialogue essentially can't really convey. This movie, it 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 does. You're right. Rely on on facial expression, and body language to get across what the the characters are trying to convey, and it it does it, it does it exquisitely. Like it's so good at what it does. I'm 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 singing the praises of this movie because it's fucking good. Like it's really good. The way that they did this, the way that they portrayed the 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 loss of a child, and the way that they dealt with the the survivor's guilt, and not just John Krasinski and Emily Blunt, but their kids in this movie. Like they're yeah, they're really good at what they're doing, and it's it's a testament to a the. The, the the caliber of actors that you you hired for this film and be John Krasinski in his ability to direct and and then I guess see the writers like the the because how do you write something like this and and yeah write that oh yeah, Lee is trying to tell Evelyn that he loves her without saying the words and like just showing her through his face like how does that even?
1: work. Yeah, I'm really curious cuz there were three writers credited in the movie, I believe, and like I wonder if a lot of it was like storyboarding and a lot of it was just talking it through with a lot of notes, you know, like those, you know, interior, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know, you know, family around uh dinner table silently praying or you know like like all was it all just like just director uh notes and and blocking and all these different things like that but like so so let me just jump into this then just because of your your compliments of this movie make me wonder about the next question tied to this little mini-series that we're wrapping up for the moment uh which is does this movie do you think it has the potential to become a classic something that could still stand out from the crowd in 5 10 20 years from now
0: so i've been thinking about that since i watched it and it I'll tell you it has all the elements it like it's captivating it's it's not a movie that relies on uh on pop culture and, and sort yeah. of the 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 current zeitgeist and like what's what's in it's something that can be sort of timeless. I think it does I think that this of the three films that 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 we we sort of sussed out and said hey we're going to do these I think that of those three this definitely has the most potential to be a a modern classic and and if I'm being honest I kind of feel like this is the modern classic of the three
1: that that's how I feel and and I know I mean I have uh, a couple of close friends who are really into horror movies and really like appreciate these genres in ways that most other humans don't and that they they're like digesting every movie made in every country in the world you know it's like they they just everything from like B films to to c films you know like you know th- so they're watching everything and they they may look at this and just go yeah <laughs> you know like sure. that's I don't think it's the hardcore horror suspense people and maybe some who love that would appreciate this movie as well but I feel like the quote unquote Uh, average person who may watch something like this every once in a while i feel like it's this quintessentially well-done minimalistic movie that just hits all the right notes and has a shocking amount of depth to it like you were saying dealing with the ptsd and survivor's guilt and and like the whole that question of what is apparent and what's your purpose and what what why you know all these different things that are happening um to me are all reasons why i feel like it just can stand on its own apart from anything else. We don't know about any future sequels or whatever might happen there. Um, Whereas Joker, we obviously had, you know, we didn't come away thinking that's, it's the best movie ever. And even Captain America winter soldier, we thought, you know, and while it's an excellent movie, that whole question of in and of itself, is it really going to be a classic separate from the rest of the entire MCU? Like, it was like, "Ah." so so here to have one of the three that on its own stands up, and at this moment in time, just a couple years in, I'm still excited to to watch it and talk about it. I I'm not 100, you know, I'm not I'm not fully drinking the uh, soundless Kool Aid, uh, <laughs> but I do I do feel that this has the highest level of potential out of the three. I, I'd rate it at a, a eight point six seven five out of it- ten. And,
0: and yeah i mean I, I i apologize if i oversold my position on it i i think that it like i said it has the elements to be a classic and i think that it has the potential to be a classic i i, I don't know that i'm 100% sold i think that uh, some of our our film industry friends such as friends of the show uh, wiley herman or fernando bacago uh, might be able to weigh in and, and kind of give their points of view on it as well, but like I said, I, I I think that of the three that we picked to potentially be modern classics, this for sure has the most potential. It has the the, the it, w- when I when I look at the three movies that we've watched for the modern classics bit uh, or, or or segment that we're doing, th- this is a movie that. If you told me it was made in 1995, I would believe you, and 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 still believe that it's a good film.
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting. I I I was thinking in terms of, um, you know how different people will play off the March Madness thing and have brackets that pit anything against anything. Sure. Um, <laughs> like if you were to do this March Madness bracket, uh, for horror movies, and let's just say somehow the final two for the title was alien versus a quiet place it easily i would vote for alien of course but like so it's it's not you know this isn't a question of is this the best thing ever because it's not not at all but it's unique enough um it's excellent enough and it's deep enough for me personally to say it deserves to at least be on a bracket to be, you know, fighting against others for, for you know, somewhere in that race. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I land.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want to equate it to a, a, a an NCAA March Madness bracket, like we could we could say it, it would be easily in the Sweet Sixteen, maybe even in the Elite Eight uh, of, of of films, especially in this genre, to yeah, for me. to be considered a classic. So
1: yeah, uh, I would I'd say that. Like, I would love. I think it'd be fun if. Not that I'm necessarily going to do this because it would just be, you know, time and work and who has any of that um, <laughs> or wants to do that. But like to to say to have some kind of bracket thing, but not where it's like one person wins, but maybe it's like the final four are all winners and they get the title of being classic or I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there. I just like that idea of, you know, really sifting through and and because I I think of like. Horror suspense as being all kind of horror suspense throw. We've talked about that, like whether this includes like Silence of the Lambs, doesn't include aliens, doesn't include uh, the, Jaws? the Hitchcock does, films. You know... and... Yeah, like so it's it's hard to define. I guess everybody can define the, the the genres at least in some way. It's very customizable. It's fairly wide open. Or maybe some people say no. It's got to involve at least. 10 deaths and there has to be a singular protagonist that looks scary or you know who knows you know there may be certain qualifications others might have but we don't have to listen to them well yeah maybe that's something that we do for the
0: month of October you know we did uh we, we did sort of a Halloween horror month last year this year maybe we continue that but we also throw in a bracket and you know come up with a you know we'll say Maybe thirty-two, uh, sort of quintessential horror, suspense, thriller type movies, and have our audience vote on them to uh, to to sort out who the the ultimate victor is, or maybe who the final four would be. So, I think that you that's just,
1: you just made me realize that there's only four months until October.
0: Fucking that's hell,
1: so, that's crazy. <laughs> that's fucking.
0: <sighs> this and and yet the the year seems to be dragging on <laughs> that,
1: that also <laughs> uh
0: so i had one last question for you and it's not really sort of in the same vein as our usual final questions uh but have you have you watched the trailer for a quiet place 2 i have not okay so that's okay Just sort of based on what you know of A Quiet Place, Mm -hmm. what is A Quiet Place 2 about?
1: This is is my take without seeing a trailer. Just with my knowledge of sequels and kind of my... I don't know if I'd call it... I don't even know if... Does John direct this one? Do you know? He does, yes. Okay. I feel like what we see... What we want to see here is a journey towards some sort of resolution or safety. Um, the The end of the movie has a bit of a, a cliffhanger, but a bit of a badass wink and a grin. You know, kind of turn up the volume, crank the shotgun, let's go. Yeah, you know. But I think we expand the world a bit, and and so you take. The, the main characters that we have in this movie, the surviving members, um, I'm guessing if you can, it, sometimes it's hard the way kids age, like, that could be awkward and weird, but, like, you, you have them, you know, kind of take several steps forward, and they've, you know, decided that they want to pursue something outside of just being stuck somewhere, outside of just being uh, kind of trapped in a farmhouse waiting for things to come to you, and so maybe they go a bit on the offensive maybe they're trying to get to a safer location for like permanent you know living something that's better than you know that something that's reinforced and and more rigid and safer and like maybe something that can incorporate what they learned about sound to create like sound barriers or to you know weapons or things that could protect them like so so just an expansion you there's going to be of course they're going to introduce i would say, I say of course but This movie can be unconventional. The first one, so maybe they don't do this, but I'm guessing they introduce maybe two to four new characters who are like helping them on their journey and trying to like, you know, help things get better or get to some ultimate location. Um, As I talk out loud, I'm I'm adjusting this slightly. I think it's all about getting somewhere. That's what it'll be. It'll be a journey because the first one was more about they're in one place. Mm -hmm. Somewhat fortified, not not really brilliantly fortified, by the way, Um, (laughs) but but like so they're in one place and they're surviving. And here I think it'll be not just surviving, but trying to pursue something that's closer to like living and life, especially for the sake of the kids. So, yeah, I think it'll be a journey to some supposedly safe place or something like that.
0: So I think you're you're on the right track. I have seen the trailer once, but it was about a month ago, so I don't have a great memory of it. There is a, a scene of them sort of driving through a town and then some shit goes down. So I imagine that it's a much like sort of the, the current pandemic that we're experiencing where states and cities are starting to let up on their restrictions and people can kind of try to get back to some semblance of normalcy, but then we get sort of a wave two of whatever these creatures are.
1: I mean, yeah, it'd be interesting to get, also get more development on their origin of these creatures and how the entire world is impacted. And and that's what I think we're going to see is a
0: lot more of the, the sort of origin story of the creatures and how they got here and, you know, what their, you know, deeper weaknesses are maybe, and how we can sort of turn the tide against the, the, the tyranny of this, invading species so that's kind of what i think we're we're gonna be in store for come september when a quiet place 2 comes out so uh in theory in theory (laughs) provided that Mm. you know things continue on the track that they are going uh we've had some movies come out uh video direct-to-video on demand which have done surprisingly well i'm told uh so we we may experience that as well. We will see. That is our show, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us each and every week. We are back to doing classic films starting next week, so stick with us every Monday as we distill another favorite from our past.
1: The music in our podcast comes from the song Destroying the Evidence by Semaphore. You should check them out because they're really awesome. Also uh, we would love it if you email us questions and comments and ideas, uh, requests, anything about uh, the show, whether it's this little mini-series we've been doing on Modern Classics, um, or uh, ideas that you have maybe for uh, you know Halloween in October this year. Uh, hit us up on Facebook uh, at The Memory Distillery, or again, the email is thememorydistillery at gmail.com. Uh, But you could tweet us at tmdpod and that's our Instagram handle as well. Um, Hey, by by the way, speak of ideas, summer's coming up.
0: If you have summer blockbusters from the past that you mm -hmm. want us to review, let us know so that we can get those in and and get those watched. Uh, Preferably stuff that's on the streaming services, but if it's something we have to rent, we're
1: open to doing that as well. That's true. Um, But that's pretty much all I have to say and thanks again for listening i'm john tech and i'm andy different area and this has been the memory distillery stay classy oh, from, oh, farmhouse people
0: shit watching bird bars
1: fuck me god damn it Shit not, only fuck. We, not only For are we not only are we not watching, watching that, that movie. you also didn't pronounce it correctly
0: <laughs> and when we come back we are what fuck me why can't i say these words that are very important to ending this portion of the podcast